Good morning, everyone, wherever you are. Reading this morning comes from 1 Chronicles 29, 1 to 14. Uh, that's on page 433 in our Bibles here in church. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God, gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone and marble, all of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold, gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave towards the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 darics of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power, and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have only given you what comes from your hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Gary. Good morning, everyone. Let me add my own welcome to that which Neil's already given. My name is Adam. I am the vicar here at St. Jude's. Uh, there are now 29 days until Christmas. If you were here last week, there were uh, 36, obviously, last week. Uh, so I hope you're all excited about that. Um, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we praise you 
We thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing. Lord, we thank you for this uh, story of David. We thank you for your faithfulness and for his faithfulness. And Lord, this Commitment Sunday, we pray that you would help us to know your presence and your power, help us to know your leading of us. And Lord, now as I speak, I pray that you would dwell deeply within your word, that you would speak to us through it, Lord, that you would lead me and that all of us would know your presence and your power amongst us. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. If you are joining us for the first time this morning, a very special welcome to you. As Neil said at the beginning, there are uh, some leaflets in here, but they're for our church family. Uh, But you're welcome to hear about what's uh, going on in the life of the church. It's great to have you with us, um, uh, particularly today. We are coming towards the end of a series on the life of David. We've got a couple of uh, weeks left of that, uh, three weeks, uh, two weeks after today. And just a tiny bit of context for our passage uh, that Gary just read to us. Uh, Chapter 28, the chapter before, verse 2, it says, David is minded to build a temple for the God. It says, I have it in my heart to build a house as a place for the rest for the the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God, and I've made plans to build it. But then in verse 3, David tells us that God has told him he can't do it. Verse 3, but God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. And then verse 6, it tells us that David's son Solomon will be the one that builds it. God says to David, Solomon, your son is the one who will build my house and my courts for I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. But even though David is aware, is, is aware he's not going to be building this temple, he's aware of how much work this is going uh, to take. And throughout chapter 28, he reminds Solomon to draw close to God and to be led by God through it. And then in chapter 29, which we've just heard most of it read, he thinks about his own commitment to this vision. As we've said, today is Commitment Sunday, and every year we ask those of you who are members of this church to think about committing ourselves again to the the vision that God has for St. Jude's, both in terms of how we use our time, how we pray, how we serve, how we are part of this community, but also, importantly, how we give financially to the work that God has and is doing in this place. But just the first thing before we go into what David does in this passage, the the last thing to say about context, at least, is that for David, this is about a future vision. Uh, There's a a quote which is often attributed as a kind of ancient Chinese proverb or perhaps Greek uh, proverb, uh, which says this, A society grows great when old men plant trees in which shade they shall never sit. It's actually written in about 1950, Um, but the the point still stands, and let's forget the first bit for 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 a moment. That idea of planting trees 
in whose shade we shall never sit. David in our passage today just does just that. Despite knowing that he won't be the one that builds the temple, he commits himself to it being built. And many saints have gone before us in this place over the last 175 years or so and done this again. Our primary school is a great illustration of that. Our nursery, our legacy of wider children's and families work, our legacy of pastoral work in this place is the result of people planting seeds for trees, the shade of which perhaps they were never able to sit under or the fruits they never saw. We'll come back on this in a moment, but it's really important for our context to remember that that commitment that David makes is in the full knowledge that he won't see the future temple, and yet he's still committed to it. So that's the context. What, uh, what can we pull out for us this Commitment Sunday from this passage? Uh, now, uh, as a good Anglican, you'd expect me to have three points with the same letter. I don't. I have four points with different letters uh, today. But they, they do make a nice an acronym, uh, which is the word GIFT. Uh, I'm a little bit more proud of that than I probably uh, ought to be, but never mind. Um, but before we get on to this, actually, I've just suddenly remembered I'm supposed to be going out uh, later today, and I meant to go... Uh, to the cash machine. This is a bit unusual, I realise. Um, I had to get some cash out, and I forgot. Does, does anybody here have, uh, I think I've only got about £100 uh, in cash that they'd be willing to give me. Has anybody got £100 in cash on there? Joss has got £100. Joss. Joss has always got £100. Oh, thank you so much, Joss. Now, just to be clear, Joss, you're giving this to me, and I'm not going to give it back. Is that Okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Good. Phew. That's all right. Good. Thanks. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't realize I was taking an advantage of my position at the front there to find out if someone could give me £100. Great. Thanks. Lovely lunch later. Let's carry on with the uh, troll, shall we? We have four letters. The first of which is G, which is for God, of course. The um, chapter 29, verse 14 says, David says in his prayer, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given only what has come from your hands. David has recognized that everything that he has, has he has received from God. But it can be very easy for us to see our finances or our uh, pensions or how do we earn our money to be as a result of our hard work only and therefore ours uh, to hold on to. I wonder if our mindset could be shifted to that of David, recognizing that everything that we have comes from God. It would probably be easier for us to be generous if we recognized it was from God to give back to him. Some of you have probably worked this out already, but I gave Joss that £100 before the start of the service. He gave it back to me uh, just then, perhaps as a poor illustration of what David is saying here. Joss was able to give me my money back to me. David is able to give back to God what David has already been given by God. Uh, when, we, when I was at St. Paul's previously, uh, our budgets each year were around about £500,000. Um, and we'd sometimes face deficits as part of that budget as we were planning for the year ahead. 
But every year, the treasurer, who um, was also an ex-missionary, would remind us that it wasn't a deficit we were facing of, say, 40,000 pounds. It was actually a deficit of 500,000 pounds because every penny we received as a church came as a response, as a result of the grace of God. We were fully reliant on God for every penny that we received. How do we view our resources? Do we think, oh, well, this nice big pot of money over here is mine, and I might give God a little bit off the top? Or do we recognize that all of what we have comes from God? So first letter, God. He's always at the start. Second letter is I for intentional. The word intentional means to be done on purpose or deliberately. David knows what he's giving to. He knows the purpose that he's giving it to. Chapter 1, verse 20, uh, sorry, um, chapter 29, verse 2. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of God. He is providing for the temple of God. Last week, Neil reminded us of our vision here at St. Jude's to make Jesus the heart of South Sea through offering hope, growing faith, and sharing God's love. If you missed that talk, uh, I encourage you to listen again. It's important that we know what we're giving for, the purpose of what we're working towards together. Because giving and investing in the life of a church is more than having a Netflix subscription. That, you know, when we run out of the programs that we quite enjoy, we can just let it go by the by. We are part of an ongoing, intentional commitment to God in this place. And I wonder if I asked you to describe your relationship with God, what words might come out in your head? Father, perhaps, or Lord, or friend, all are good, good words to describe our relationship with God. What about partner? God frequently refers to his people as being in partnership with him. We see a number of these partnerships or covenants in the Old Testament. And through Jesus, we are in a new covenant, a new partnership with God. God wants to work with us. Why? Because he wants to. Not because he needs to, but because he wants to. He wants us to join with him in the growing of his kingdom in this place. Jacob, my seven-year-old, has a train set. Uh, sometimes I wonder if I have a train set. Uh, actually, sometimes he wonders if I have a train set uh, as well. Um, but really, it's his. And we spend lots of time together building this together. Now, at seven years old, uh, his enthusiasm is high. His skill level, not so much. Uh, his skill level is probably quite low. It would be much easier for me to build it in when he's asleep or at school, or to take things away and to, to make them beautiful and then for him to, to play with them. But if I did it all by myself, our relationship wouldn't grow. We wouldn't be working on our relationship together. It wouldn't be a partnership together to build that train set. St. Jude has a clear vision to make Jesus the heart of South Sea. God can do it without us. One day every knee will bow, it says in scriptures. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But God wants to partner with us in the building of his kingdom. David knows what he is building in this passage. He is intentional and the temple is built even if not in his lifetime. I'm sure that one day Jacob's train set will look a lot better uh, than it does now. 
But even if that doesn't happen in, our li- in my lifetime, our relationship will have been built as a response of working together. We may not see Jesus fully realized, making Jesus the heart of South Sea in our lifetime. But each time we host something, like the nightlight, we move a little bit closer. It looks a little bit more like the kingdom in South Sea than it did before. We are intentional in bringing the kingdom of God into this place. So we've got God, we've got intentional. The third letter, F, freely. David says in verse 5, who is willing to work with me? Who is willing to consecrate themselves? Verse 29, verse, sorry, verse 9, for they are given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Scripture talks a lot about money, and um, having it isn't a problem. The love of it is, actually. But last week, I reminded us particularly of some verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses uh, uh, 6 to 8, I think, uh, maybe 7 to 8. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful there in the Greek is hilarion. It's where we get our word hilarious from. It is meant to be a joy to give, to be part of the serving of God, to be part of the building of, uh, of his kingdom. King, giving should be, serving should be, part, uh, joyful. We shouldn't be doing it because we think we ought to under compulsion. We shouldn't be doing it certainly because we think if we do this, then somehow God owes us in some way. It's not happened here, and I'm certain it never would. But I have had in the past in other church, in other church, someone say that if I didn't do something in a particular way, they would stop their uh, what was in their words pretty sizable giving. I politely reminded them that what we give, we give not under compulsion but joyfully, that we do as the Lord commands. When Jesus sends out the 12 in in Matthew 10, he says to them, freely you have received, freely you give. If uh, If we're doing the first thing, if we're remembering that God has given us everything, it becomes much easier for us to freely give that away. I think I have two things for the last letter. So you're going to have to forgive me because there are in fact five points. Only one of which is on the slide. The first one is thanksgiving. We see in 1 Corinthians 29 verse 13, David says, We give you thanks and praise for your glorious name. We not just give freely, but out of thanksgiving uh, for what we have. One of the reasons we do that highlight of the week uh, every every week is not to make you talk to each other, um, really, uh, or even just to talk to us. It's about reminding us that we are to be thankful to God for all that he has done and all that he is doing, all that he has given us. And that thing might be big or it might be small, but whatever it is, we are giving thanks to God. I don't know if we have any uh, Americans here. Forgive me uh, if, you, if you are. Um, this week, the, the Americans particularly and other places around the world celebrated Thanksgiving on Thursday uh, this week. And I've always sort of quite liked that idea of gathering with family or friends over a meal and reflecting on the year that's gone and giving thanks to God particularly for it, saying thank you for things. Um, 
but I've always also had a bit of, a tr- a bit of trouble with it. Um, firstly, uh, because it seems ironic that Thanksgiving is followed by Black Friday the next, uh, the next day. The biggest shopping day of the year, perhaps. Uh, one day we're sat around with a table full of people saying thanks to God for all that he's given us. Our hearts overflowing with praise and thanksgiving. And before the sun has fully risen on the next day, we're beating people to try and get the best price for a television uh, or whatever it is. Our American brothers and sisters are not alone in this, I don't think. Society as a whole finds it harder or easier to take uh, and harder to give thanks. Paul in 2 Timothy says that an unthankful attitude would be one of the characteristics of the last days. Charles Dickens had a suggestion. He said this, instead of having one Thanksgiving day each year, we should have 364 days of Thanksgiving. And we should then use that one day for all of our complaining and our griping. (laughs) Use the other 364 days to thank God for the many blessings he has showered upon you. As Dickens suggests as David does in, our, in this passage. We shouldn't need to wait for a special holiday to express our thanksgiving to God for all that he has done and all that he does do. The tea could have been something else. It could have been totally. Uh, last week, we had, uh, just over a week ago, there was the General Synod happening, which is the kind of gathering of leaders of the Church of England And uh, a friend of mine uh, has just recently joined General Synod and and gave his maiden speech. And as part of that, uh, he uh, he told of when he was a curate, he's a vicar now, uh, he used to run Bible camps. And on those Bible camps, he would always run uh, the session on sex with his wife, uh, with the teenagers. And every single time he did it, the question would come from the teenagers, what can we get away with? How far can we go in order to get away with it? What's all okay? What's okay? What's acceptable? And every time he would rephrase the question, what does it look like to live a holy life? It's not what can we get away with, it's what is God calling us to, to be holy? I wonder in terms of our finances, whether that's a question or a challenge for some of us as well. (laughs) Less the question, what can we get away with, More the question, what is God calling us to in order to live a holy life? So four, maybe five things for us this morning. Firstly, when we commit ourselves to God, it is on the understanding and in the full knowledge that we do so because God has given to us. We give out of what he has given to us. Secondly, it's an intentional act. It's with a purpose. It's about partnering with God in order to build his kingdom and to see his kingdom come. Thirdly, really importantly, it's freely. It's not under compulsion. It's not something we have to do. It's something we choose to do with God. He gives us the choice. And fourthly, it's to be done with an attitude of thanksgiving for all that we have and to be done totally completely, not as a way of what can we get away with, but more, what does it look like to live a holy life? 
As we think about how we respond, I wonder if you could find uh, one of these. You'll find them in the backs of all the chairs. Um, they're every other chair. There should be enough for everybody to have one. Uh, if you could just grab one. I'm not going to necessarily ask you to fill it in, although you're very welcome to. But I'd like you to try and hold one in your hand uh, if possible. I think Angie and Neil will uh, go and uh, grab a couple more. But you should find them. Neil and I did a good job earlier on today of, uh, of making sure they were in the chairs. If you're on the back rows, they're in, the, on, in front of you. Once again, if, if you didn't hear Neil say earlier, we gave these out last week and uh, we asked you to take them away and to pray over how you would respond and to bring them back this week, perhaps to, to, to give them uh, in. In a moment or two, Angie's got some more here, so if you haven't got one, I'd quite like to have one in your hand, uh, even if you don't intend to fill it in today, so, um, because it's a part of our response. Neil's got some as well, so just wave at them. In a moment or two, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give us a few minutes of quiet. You may have brought one of these back already completed, in which case you're welcome to hold that in your hand if you'd rather. Uh, you may want to complete it if you would like to, but you don't have to. But I'd like you to consider these, these questions about how we commit ourselves to God. We said last week that we consider members of St. Jude's to be in four ways. Firstly, through praying. Secondly, through serving. Thirdly, through gathering, coming together, being part of the life group. And fourthly, through giving. And it may be that one or more of those areas, the Lord is challenging us on, you on personally this morning. If you feel able to fill in the form, fantastic. But even if in your heart you decide to, uh, that's brilliant as well. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give us a couple of minutes of quiet just to think about this. And then we will stand together and sing our first song. As we do that, if you'd like to, in fact, I'd like to encourage you to bring forward the form and place it in the basket. Now, it can be an empty form. You don't need to complete it to do that. But by doing so, you are marking a commitment to God's building of his kingdom through, uh, through your part of this, being part of this community. Um, you can put an empty form in because it's a, it's, it's a sign that you're doing. And then after we've sung that first song, I will pray for us before we sing our final song. So let me pray now. And then uh, let's hold a moment or two of quiet. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Lord, we thank you for that truth that everything comes from you and starts with you. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done in the life of this church over the last 175 years or so. We thank you for all that you've done through the people that have come and been called out into other parts of the world through your ministry in this place. We thank you for the saints that have gone before us. And Lord, as we think ahead to next year, we think about what you're calling us to commit to over the year ahead. Lord, I pray that you would be unsubtle with us. 
Lord, that we would know your calling, we would know your leading, we would know what you are saying. That you would help us to see what you were doing in and amongst us. That you would see your kingdom being built around us. That you would excite us for that and want us to freely be a part of it. And Lord, however he responds today, would you continue to challenge us to give of ourselves to you and to live holy lives for you? Lord, in the quiet, would you speak to us? So that we would know your leading. Come, Holy Spirit. Have a moment or two of quiet. <laughs>